Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're so glad that you're here. Today, we uh, continue our series that we've been calling Simply Body Parts. And this is part five. And in this series, we're looking what it means to be the body of Christ. You know, when you and I receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when he comes into our lives, how many of you know he didn't just come to earth so we could celebrate Christmas? He came to earth for a very particular purpose because he would bear the sins of all humanity. And he came and uh, so that you and I could be forgiven and have a relationship with the Father. And when we do that, we become children of God. But Paul outlines in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 how not only we just called children of God, but we're called the body of Christ. Would you say that with me? The body of Christ. And this has been our theme verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says this, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form what? One body. So it is with Christ. What an honor for you and I, for God to call us the body, his body. And so there's different words in the Bible that describe us. We're children of God. We're the body of Christ. We are also the bride of Christ. There's all these different scenarios that he uses. And we've just been talking about it and we've learned, just like your physical body, Jesus calls Christians his body. And guess what? He is the head of that body. And just to review a little bit, we've talked about in order for the body to grow, we also talked about how there is a local body. This is the local body of Passion Life Church. Now, there's a global church that we call the church, but then there's also local bodies. There's many local bodies in Marietta, Temecula, and all over the world. But when I address our body, I'm talking about our local body. And so we learned that in order for our body to grow and move and have momentum, the body must have to act in unison, right? When you got up, right, this morning, you may have said, oh, I want to go to church. And your body's like, no. We ain't going. Right? We're tired. And the head says, no, you need to go. And the body's like, see, you can't move unless it's all in unison and harmony working together. Your body was created to work together, moving all together. And we talked about we have to act in unity as a body. Why? To fulfill the mission of Jesus. See, church is not we just come together and, oh, church is a building. No, we are the church. Would you say that with me? Say, I am the church. Yes. Somebody told me one time, I love to get in these theological debates with people. Somebody said, well, I don't think churches need to have buildings. You know what? Jesus didn't have a building when he was alive. And 5,000 people came to see Jesus and he didn't have a building. And I'm like, that sounds real good. But duh, Jesus also went to the temple. The temple was a building. And who's going to come, right, on Sundays in Marietta in the Hot sun in the summer at 105. Come on, it feels like hell. You know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm thankful I'm not going there. Right? And we're going to just sit outside because that's what Jesus did. No, the church is not a building, but we need a building to congregate. But we are the people of God. And so, but we have to come together. And we don't just come together to sip some coffee and, man, you know what? Just sit down and, oh, man, I'm just going to, you know, stay here for this hour and a half. You know, hopefully that'll pay for my sins. No, we're coming together with a mission. And the mission of Jesus Christ is this, that we go into all the world and 
preach the good gospel of Christ. Come on, it's a good, God, the gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we come together. But so many churches are divided and it's like, you know, the body is divided. The right leg says, hey, I'm the right leg, so I don't go left. And you know what? So I'm always right because I'm the right leg. You know, No, the right leg has to go left in order to the body to go left. We have to come together. And here's the truth, my church family. The world is divided. Come on, there's a lot of hate right now in the world. And it starts here in the church for there to be love. And it takes a united church to heal a divided land. I'm going to say that again. It takes a united church to heal a divided land. It starts right in here with the house of God. But some people want to live disconnected from the body. You know, and every part of my body has a function. You have a function. You are a part of the body. I personally believe that I am the funny bone of the body of Christ. Somebody's got to be it, and God has anointed me to be the funny bone of the body of Christ. God, right? God has taken my life from annoying to anointed. Come on, somebody. Now I'm just annoying the devil. But you have a function. You're valuable. My fingers have a function. My toes have a function. And when you live disconnected from the body, you can't fulfill your function. And so many people have this idea, I don't need to come to church. You know what? I just love Jesus and I'm saved. But you need to read your Bible because you're part of the body. And my whole body had to show up today for us to do something. And our whole body needs to show up so we can fulfill the mission of Jesus. And here's the reality. Disconnected body parts do never and they will never fulfill their function. You have a function in your life. You have a function. God created you to function. And without you functioning, the body can't move forward. Can I hear a good amen today? And so what I wanted to do just is to bring us back to where we are today. Today I want to talk about, we've talked about bodybuilding last week. We talked about Jesus's broken body, broken for us. But today I want to talk about body image today, being in our body parts series. I think one of the greatest challenges for you and I is our bodily image. And not just naturally. I, I think even some of us, that extends spiritually. Uh, I think it's so easy in our world today as you get older to point out the negative. You know what? I'm just too tall, Pastor Phil. I always stick out. And then you have the people who are short. I just wish I was taller. And the taller people wish they were shorter. People with straight hair wish that they had curly hair. The people that have curly hair are trying to straighten their hair. Come on, somebody. I know it. I have a wife. One day it's curly, one day it's not enough volume in the hair. I need more volume. I'm like, I'll turn up my iPad. Volume, right? I'm not bulky enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm too bulky. I'm too big boned. And it seems if we're not careful that we can compare ourselves with our bodily image. And here's what begins to happen. Because we don't like our shape, we don't like our gut, we don't like our hair, we got a mole in the wrong place. Come on, somebody. We got a mole in the wrong place. You don't like your nose, right? People have told me because of my nose, hey, have you ever put ink on the end of that nose? Can you write with it? And I love your nose. I'd go skiing off of it, right? But I love my nose. You know why? Because my mom loves my nose because my mom has the same nose so she loves it but you know what if we're not careful when we begin to look at our bodily image here's what happens we begin to compare and then we get 
down on ourselves. We can get depressed because we're not like so-and-so. Can I just tell you, God never meant for you to be like so-and-so. He meant for you to be you. There will never be another you ever on this planet. That's why it's so important that you be you today. And that's what I love about this series. Do you know, as you came to church today, there was nobody like you in this service. When you're not here, you're personality you are missing because nobody can be you but here's what we do we compare and so we get deflated we get depressed and if we're not careful we can get inactive and we can say you know what I'm just not like so-and-so not good enough like so-and-so it rips away our confidence and here's what the devil will do he will lie to you look at John verse 8 chapter 8 verse 44 Jesus was talking to some people who weren't living right and he was telling him about the devil and his plan and it says you belong to your father the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires talking about the devil listen he says he was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth for there is no truth in the devil anything that the devil will tell you is not the truth why do you say that because he's going to speak to you he's going to tell you that God doesn't love you and you need to know that that voice that's not God saying I don't I don't love you God says in this word that God so loved the world that he gave his son but here's the reality if you and I can uncover the truth right if we can uncover the 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 truth then we'll discover hey that that that's a lie that's a lie. Can I just tell you, if the enemy, if the devil convinces you that you're ugly, that you're stupid, you're unwanted, you're unusual, unusual, un, uh, uh, unusable, uh, you're unlovable, uh, you're not good enough to come to church, guess what happens? You're going to have your confidence low. He's going to steal your boldness. He's going to steal your ability to lead other people. And here's the reality. If, the, if we believe the devil's lie... It will distort your understanding of the love of God for you. See, God has poured out his love. But if we don't know the truth about his love, we can be deceived and have this warped perspective of how God loves us. When in actuality, it's just because we're believing a lie. Is this a good word this morning? I believe it's a good. You need to hear it. Because the opposite of the lie is the truth. And Jesus said this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God saved us, not just so we could be forgiven, but so we could live a free life and know that God loves us. Can I just tell you this morning, you are so loved by God, not just loved. The Bible says you are so loved by God. Can I hear a good amen this morning? Receive that. I'm so loved. Well, Pastor Phil, you don't know what I've done. No, guess what? He knows what you've done and he still loves you. And his love is unconditionally coming to you. That's why he gave an unworthy world his son. And that's where his grace comes in. But you know what? The devil's going to tell you lies. He's going to tell you God doesn't love you. He's going to tell you this. You're never going to get out of this mess. You're always going to be the same. And listen, you need to listen to the word of God and his word. Because in reality, when God speaks his word, his system, God's system is faith. The devil's system is fear. The reason why he's telling you lies is he wants you to start to fear. Fear will always draw you back. And let me just tell you, if you follow fear, it will always lead you deeper into darkness and further from everything that God has for you. You know, I really believe that worry 
is typically motivated by fear. I've been in ministry for over 20-something years, and I've seen people sick, not because of germs, because of worry, because they have allowed fear to begin to seep in, fear about their future, and fear always robs you of your confidence. Fear will always cause you to be paralyzed. And I want to tell you, when you are functioning in fear, you are not functioning in God's system because God's system functions by faith. The devil says you can not, and Jesus says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Listen, never let fear have a voice in your life. And I'll tell you this, any decision you make out of fear is always the wrong one. It's always the wrong one. And the enemy's going to whisper in your ear, and he's going to tell you that you can't do it. And you know what? That affects our spiritual body image. Bless you. Our spiritual body image. And what I want to do today is I want to talk about three distorted views that we can have of our spiritual body image, but then also the three truths or three antidotes to them. Here's the first one when it comes to a distorted spiritual body view of ourselves. Number one, we can have a distorted view of our position. Would you say that with me? Say my position. My position. When you have a distorted, uh, distorted view of your position in Christ, you won't know your value. You'll never know your value. And here's the reality, and I love Christmas. But what we really need to know is that if you were the only person on this world living on the planet, God still would have sent his son because he loved you so much to redeem you back to him. Because he loves you so much. But the enemy is constantly trying to convince us that we don't belong. You don't belong to church. The church wouldn't want you. You're not good enough. I always tell people Passion Life Church is a church where it's okay not to be okay. Do you know what? Church is not a place for perfect people. I wish I could put a sign up in the front. No perfect people allowed. You know what church is? Church is a place where imperfect people gather together to engage with a perfect Savior. He's perfect. His perfection is what we seek. Come on, somebody, this morning. And Paul writes and he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, he says this, now if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body. And here we talk about comparison again. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, would not for that reason stop being part of the body? See, what happens is when we don't understand our value and our position, we can't move forward. We can't be who God has called us to be. But here's the antidote for this. The antidote is this. We're transformed by a revelation of who we are in Christ. Your position in Christ is one of a son or daughter. You know, I don't watch the news a lot now because my son uh, seven and he's watching YouTube and stuff and it's pretty funny. But every once in a while I get a glimpse of the news and, and I'm intrigued by our president's son. He's got a son and his son, I think he's 11 or 12, I think his name is Baron. And, uh, and it's interesting, every time they show Baron, 11, 12, he's in a full suit. Full suit, walking around. 
And uh, one day they showed him getting up on Air Force One. And I'm just like, wow, could you imagine that? I mean, just being on Air Force One, you know, going into the White House because your dad's the president, going into the Oval Office, you have Secret Service around you protecting you. And I thought, man, that would be an amazing, amazing family to be in. And I was reminded, and the Lord quickly just said, oh, you think that's, that's amazing? See, because this is what we do. We devalue our position with God. See, I was looking at Baron. I was like, wow, man, what an incredible life because of who his dad is. Can I just tell you, with you, your father is not a president. Your father is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. You don't have secret service around you. You have angels around you that protect you. And listen, you're not clothed in a suit, but the Bible says as a child of God, you're clothed in righteousness that you and I are clothed in righteousness. And here's the reality. You know, Barron couldn't earn that with the president. He had to be born into it. You and I could never earn that with God. You know how we get all of this position of sonship? By being born into the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, do you remember Nicodemus? He came to Jesus at night. I like to call him Nick at night because he came at night and he was asking about all how to have you know, everlasting life and eternal life. And Jesus said, you must be born again. We get a position with God through a new birth that happens on the inside. And here's the reality. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not an outsider. You are not a foreigner anymore. You are a child of God. And your position is of a child of God. God values you as a child of God. Come on, if you're going to clap, let's give him a good clap this morning. I don't like golf claps because I don't play golf. But when you start to realize you're a son and you're a daughter, our position, we're in Christ. You're a part of the body of Christ. You know, Paul was addressing some people in the Corinthian church and they were out having sex and fornicating and all. And here's what he, he reminded them. He said, look, I want to remind you something. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're acting in an inappropriate way because you do not realize the value of who you are. You are a part of, the, of the, the body of Christ. And that's why we need to dive into God's word and we need to know who we are. I just wrote down some scriptures and they're not on the screen, but it talks about how you are a child of God, how you and your position is in Christ. You know, when Jesus comes inside your heart, He's not just in you, you are in Christ. And look, just real quick, you could jot these down. Romans chapter eight, verse one says, therefore there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone, would you say that with me? Say anyone. In Spanish, we say todos. Anyone, see, I just spoke in tongues there. Everybody's like, anyone, that means anybody. Anybody, you don't have to be religious, anybody. If anyone is in Christ, guess what? They are a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Praise be to God, our Father, the Lord of Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, listen to this, has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
So as a child of God, you don't have to lack. You know why? Because you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Where? In Christ. Can I ask you, is Christ blessed? Yes. And you are in Christ. That's why you are blessed. Turn to your neighbor just real quick and say, you are blessed in Christ. Philippians 4 verse 7, and the peace of God. Anybody need some peace around Christmas shopping? Come on, anybody need some peace trying to get a parking spot at Walmart? Come on, anybody need some peace? He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Here it is, in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 13, I can do all things through him. You know, the Bible says that you can do nothing by yourself, but I'm not just by myself now. I'm in Christ and through him, through him, not just me, through him, I can do all things. Philippians 4, 19, and my God shall supply, listen, all my needs. How many of your needs? Some of your needs? No, all of your needs according to his riches, let me ask you this, according to how the economy is, according to the Dow Jones Industrial, no, 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 my church family, his, he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, listen, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine, he has saved us and called us, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Listen, this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So if you don't understand your position in Christ as a child of God, your position can actually clarify the whole outcome of your life. See, some of you think you're alone. Some of you think you have to face what you're facing alone. You do not. You're forgetting about your position in Christ. And he is with you. He is in you. And you are in him. So it is our position in Christ. I brought a little illustration this morning. Uh, Jacob lent me his Ken doll that he has. Thank you, Jacob. Really appreciate that. I know he was saying you got to really be careful with Ken doll because he's keeping it as like an heirloom or something. I don't know. But this is Ken doll. Ken doll represents Jesus because Kendall's perfect, and so he represents Jesus, and Ken has a, a body, and Ken has a head. And so if this is Jesus, right, Jesus is the head of the church. I should have scribbled some marker on him uh, for a beard because we've never seen Jesus without a beard. Well, I guess when he was a baby. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he was born with a beard. But he, um, so we have um, Jesus, and here's his body, and here's his head. And so here we are the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head. Now here's the question I have for us, and the question is this. Does God have one will for the head and a different will for the body? Does God have one will for Jesus as the head and a different will for his body? No, he doesn't, right? So we are the body of Christ, that's who we are. And our goal, here's the reality, 
if God's will, Jesus has the will of the Father, that you have all your needs supplied, that you be healed, right? The good thing is that we need to be connected to the body. Listen, some of you may want to close your eyes because you may need counseling after this because I'm going to rip his head off, all right? Sorry, Jacob. Oh, my goodness. And here's what happens to many people today is they want to live disconnected from the head of Jesus. Can I ask you this question? Jesus as his head, was Jesus in his body, his head, was he ever sick? Oh, I almost had the head fall off. Was Jesus ever sick? Can, can sickness dwell in Jesus's body? No. And you know what? He is in you and you are in him. Let me try to put this back on because some of you are like uh, really freaking out. All right, so we'll do our best, right? And so let me ask you this question. Is sin and temptation, does that have a hold on Jesus? No, and guess what? You are in him and he is in you. Does depression have a hold on Jesus and who he is? No, and you are a part of his body. Listen, does Jesus have a problem with poverty and being poor? No, the Bible actually says that he was made poor so you can be well supplied. This is why it's so important that we stay attached to the... There, there it popped. Okay, good. See? Dr. George, he's a chiropractor here. I did a good job, doctor. I popped that thing right back into into place. But we need to stay connected to the head. And what am I trying to get to you today? Your position in Christ is you are a child of God. You are the body of Christ. And when you realize that, when sickness tries to get on you, you say, you know what, sickness? Can I just tell you, sickness doesn't come on you to give you a couple days off of work. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When I get sick, I start getting mad because he wants to rob me from my life. He wants your flu to turn into pneumonia. He wants you to be in the hospital. He wants you to lose your life. You need to get up and say, in Jesus' name, I am healed by Jesus' stripes. Come on, somebody. That is your position in Christ. Here's number two. We're talking about a distorted spiritual body image. Number two, we can have a distorted view of our privileges. I'm going to put Kendall away because some of you will be distracted. We can have a distorted view of our privileges. What are some of the privileges that we have as a child of God? Do you know the Bible says that you can come boldly into his presence? You don't have to be like Adam in the garden hiding with your fig leaves and the, the God comes in and says, Adam, where are you? Well, I hid because I was afraid. See, many Christians live their lives like that. They don't know if they should pray. Well, I just don't know. See, you don't understand your value. The privilege that you have with God is that you can come boldly. My son doesn't even knock on the door when he comes into my bedroom. He comes boldly. My son doesn't even ask me anymore to go into the refrigerator. He goes over there and goes into the refrigerator. You know why? He knows his privileges as a son. And the Bible says that God has given you privileges. But you know what? The devil wants to come in, keep you weak, broke, sick, divided, crippled. And he'll give you every reason in the book why you don't deserve God's favor and God's blessing. Listen, you can't be the one to minister to someone. You're not qualified. You can't do that. Listen, you and I 
are privileged because of our position in Christ. Pastor Phil, I know God hears your prayers, but he doesn't really hear mine because you're Pastor Phil. Somebody called me Dr. Phil the other day. Like, I just keep wanting to call you Dr. Phil. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't use profanity. That's the only thing that I ask. But you know what? God doesn't hear my prayers more than they, he hears yours. I may have more faith. But you know what? In your position, you need to come to God and say, God, I thank you that healing is the children's bread, the Bible says, that you supply all of my needs. But you know what? If we have a distorted view of our privilege, here is the truth. Here's the antidote. We're transformed by a revelation of whose child we are. Are. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says this, for he chose us. Would you say this with me? Say, he chose me. Chose me. Come on, you know, he chose you even when you didn't chose, choose him. When you weren't thinking about him, he was thinking about you. When you didn't believe in him, he believed in you. When you didn't care about him, he cared about you. When you didn't love him, guess what? He loved you. You walked away from you, and guess what? He stalked you, and he kept saying, I'm not going to quit on you. You quit on you, but guess what? He never quit on you. And he's still there. And so he chose us in him. There it is again. Before the creation of the world to be holy, blameless in his sight, in love. Verse 5. He predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. See, we don't have to live under the curse. Here's why. Not only did he redeem us from the curse of the law, by becoming a curse for us. Listen to that. Not only did he become human and wrap himself in flesh, the reason why you and I don't have to live under a curse, my church family, is because Jesus took your place. He became a curse so you could become the righteousness of God. The Bible says that cursed is everyone who hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham. I'm going to throw something at you right here. In the new year, I'm going to do a series that's going to be called The Promise. He says right here that you and I, we have been redeemed in order that what we can receive the blessing giving to Abraham. How many, how many of you know who Abraham is in the Old Testament? Let me see your hand. You've heard of Abraham, okay? Put your, anybody have a friend named Abraham? No, I'm kidding. But if you know who Abraham is, Abraham had a blessing on his life. And you and I as a child of God, one of the privileges that we have is the blessing of Abraham has come on us. I'm going to talk a little bit more on that. Many people don't know about that. To the Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. My church family, as a child of God, it means that God is your Father, I don't know what happened in your life, who your dad is, if he, you know, if he lived up to your expectations. But I'm going to tell you this. You have a father in heaven who is perfect and loves you and cares about you. And here's number three. When we live with a distorted body image, we can live with a distorted view of our power. Not only do you have a position in Christ, not only do you have privileges in Christ, but you have power. Come on, somebody. I got the power. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. Don't make me go back to the 80s. Thank you. It's getting kind of hectic. Come on, say it. I got the power. Now you know why they don't let me sing in the worship team. 
But the devil wants to convince you that miracles are gone. They died with the apostles. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same and he will be the same. Just like in 2017, he will be in 2018. He is the same. And throughout the years, his power has never diminished. God doesn't heal anyone anymore, Pastor Phil, only if it's his will. They believe that God operates like on a, on a lottery system, right? Well, I guess he didn't choose me. You know what? The Bible says that Jesus, when he was scourged, that by his stripes we were healed. And that's a part of our privilege, the healing. Thank God for the healing. But when we have a distorted view of our power, here's the truth. We're transformed by a revelation of who dwells in us. Guess who dwells in you? The Holy Spirit dwells in you. You do not have a little mini me Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Come on, somebody. So why do we act so wimpy? I don't understand that. It's because we do not realize who dwells inside of us. I'm going to tell you something that really energizes me. Do you know when you read about the Old Testament heroes, when you read about Elijah, you read about Abraham, you read about Moses and separating the, the Red Sea, my church family, they did not have what you have today. They did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of them. And when you look at all of the miracles that they did, they did it because they believed. But you and I are living in a different dispensation where the Holy Spirit is not just around us. He is in us. Woo. He's in us. And the Bible says that in the book of Acts when they got together, Jesus said and gave him these words in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Am I preaching okay? Okay, because some of you looked a little surprised. I don't know if you didn't think I was going to be this energetic, or maybe it's your first time. You're like, wow, he's really energetic. That's because I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. He must not have any problems. <laughs> Hello, I'm human, but I have a supernatural God that's on the inside of me. Come on. And when the disciples got together, listen to what Jesus said to his disciples, Peter, all of them, and they did incredible things. But listen to what he said. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He said on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. It was a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Ooh, there's a gift, Pastor Phil? Yes, just like salvation was a gift. Listen, he says, there's a gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That means he's going to come on the inside of you. Here's Acts chapter 8 verse 1, uh, chapter 1 verse 8. Here's the result. But you shall receive power. Come on, say power. Can we say it with a little soul this morning? Power. power. Come on. You will receive power. What? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here's what the power is for. What? To just come to church and sit around? No. The power is for that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. In other words, you will be a world shaker, a world changer when this power comes on you. And Jesus told him, I don't want you to wait 
until you get it. And you know what happened when they received this power? They all got filled and started speaking in tongues. 3,000 people got saved. And something happens when you fully comprehend that the true living God is inside of you. And when you realize that today, your life will never be the same. When you realize when you're in traffic on the 15, you're not there alone, that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. That when you're talking with your neighbor or talking at work, listen, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. Christ is in you. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Our world needs to change. Our world needs Jesus, my church family. Christmas is not a game. Christmas is not just ornaments. Christmas is about a God who loved us, sent his son, and wants his Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of you. And nothing, when you realize he dwells inside of you, will be impossible. Look at this charge that Jesus gave us because we have the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 12, he says this. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes... Come on, we sang it today. I believe I can fly. No, what are we saying? I believe in you. If you believe, look, here's what he says. Greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. So he's empowered us to do great works. What are some of the works that Jesus did? He prayed for people. And the Bible says that these signs will follow them that believe. That you know what? You and I can lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Why? Because you're all that? Because you put some essential oils on your hands? No. You know why? Because Christ dwells in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That means because he dwells in you, you can have a great marriage. Come on, somebody. Not a perfect marriage. There's not perfect marriage, but you can. You can be the husband that God wants you to be and your wife wants you to be too. Come on, somebody. You can handle the assignment at work that you have been given that you think is too big for you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. You can be healed. You know why? Because Christ dwells in you. You can overcome addiction. Why? Because Jesus dwells in you and he is an overcomer. If you don't amen me, I'm going to amen myself. Good preaching, white boy. Amen. And as we close today, how do we fix this image? We realize the truth. But much like our body image, right? How do you fix your physical image? You spend time looking in the mirror. Right? You, 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 look, you look in the mirror. And we, we look in the mirror to see how we are. Right? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, all of us, nothing between us and God, in the message translation, I love how it says this, our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transformed, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our life. And here's the reality, that in our lives, we are to becoming more like Jesus because he's on the inside of us. And I just want to close with these three mirrors that I think we need to look into. Number one, you need to look into the mirror of God's word. In the book of James, it says the word of God is like a mirror. Now, when you look in the mirror, how do you look? All right? 
as we get older. Sometimes that's a little tough to, to see when you, or when you wake up in the morning, you look in, in the mirror. But why do we look in the mirror? We look in the mirror to make adjustments. We also look in the mirror because we forget what we look like. So some of us look in the mirror more times, ladies, than others. Come on. And many times we look in the mirror because we forget what we look like, but we have to make much needed adjustments. We look in the mirror to say, hey, what do I need to adjust to walk outside the door today and to feel confident? So we look in the mirror. It's the same with God's word. God's word will show you who you are. It'll reveal all of your spiritual moles and pimples as you look in there. I would, as a teenager, oh, I would hate to walk out of the house, have a big old blackhead. Come on, it looked like it had a missile at the end of it ready to fire at somebody. Right, We need to take care of those. I, I see my spiritual pimples. But listen, here's what I love about the Word of God. The Word of God just doesn't show you who you are. The Word of God in this mirror, it shows you who you can be in Christ. Oh, you can do all things through Christ. Oh, you are more than a conqueror. I just got out of bed. I don't know what I look like. You are more than a conqueror. Now I want to ask you a question. Would you ever... Walk out of your house without looking in the mirror. Now, ladies are like, heck no. Guys are like, I've done it. Just put on a cap, right? It was a little different, you know, because when ladies look in the mirror, they're adjusting. We look in the mirror like, oh, yay. All right, we're out. I want to submit to you something. When you don't read your word of God, and you're not in your word, it's like walking out of your house without looking in the mirror. Because when you look into the word of God, it reveals to you who God is. And you look and it'll show you, I don't have the right attitude today, but let this attitude be like Christ. Let my, oh, my attitude's not right. I need to make that adjustment. You know what? I need to look at who he is because the word is Jesus. And we look into that mirror, it helps us adjust. Why? So when we step out into the world, we can be confident children of God, understanding the privilege and how to use the power that he's given us. So we need to look into the word of God. And really, we really use the mirror to adjust ourselves so we can feel confident about ourselves. The word of God will give you the confidence that you need. Here's number two. We look in the mirror of his presence. Have you ever stayed out in the sun a little bit too long? The S-U-N? As a teenager, I fell asleep in the sun on the beach for like three hours. Never do that again. Right? Sunburn. The sun, S-U-N, altered my body. I look totally different. Totally different in the sun. And sometimes we do that because we like it, right? It looks good. Look fresh. I, I like it, to be honest. But here's what happens. We need to look into the mirror and stay in the presence of the S-O-N, the sun. Because when you do that, it alters you. Today, it wasn't just about singing songs, I believe. Today, you stood in the presence of God. And you say, and guess what? When you do that, you're experiencing the joy that gives you strength, the peace that passes all understanding, and it builds you up and it changes your spiritual image. You walk out here going, man, I can take on the world. Why? Because you looked into the mirror of God's word today. 
Today you're looking into the mirror of his presence. And I want to end with this. Number three, the worship team can come as we close today. We look into the mirror of his people. Of his people. Now, can I just tell you this this morning? Today, would you guys just turn that down just a little bit for me? Um, I appreciate that. Listen, everything that I've said today is so truthful. But you cannot live a positive life hanging out with negative people. I was a youth pastor for 20 some years. I would take kids to a youth camp where their life was totally radically changed by God. Started coming to church every week, even before the doors opened because of what God did. He put them on fire. And I would always tell them this, God sets your life on fire, but be careful who you hang out with from now on because of the mirror of the people that you hang out with. And many of them would start to wander. You know why? They started hanging out with people that don't go to church. So do you think that they wanted to go to church? No, because your friends have an influence on your future. If all your friends are going to the bar every Friday night, listen, if your friends are doing that and you're, don't be surprised if you start to slip back. If all, guys, if all of your married guys and friends are having guys night out on Fridays and they're pulling you over and they're talking about other women and all these things, don't be surprised if you're not influenced because people can influence, influence, influence us and they can actually determine your, your, your future. You cannot live a positive life and hang out with Debbie Downer. You cannot live a life full of faith and hang out with people who doubt constantly. Because I'll tell you what, when you're in the hospital room, you want to call people that are in this church that will step into the room full of faith and put their hands on you and believe for your healing, for believe for life to come. When your marriage goes through a wreck, you don't want people to say, yeah, well, you know what? People are getting a divorce nowadays. You want people to step into your life that says, you can do it. Come on, you can have a great marriage. We're here with you. We're going to stand with you. Not people who say, you shouldn't have married him. I told you so. Look into the mirror of God's people. God wants us to love him by loving his people. And it's so important. In this room today is not perfect people. But I can tell you what. There are people in this room who have faith. There are people in this room who want to surround you when you're feeling down. Why? So you can make it. And you can be everything that God has called you to be. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.